Oh, what a move of the Holy Ghost in the house. Amen. Great to see all of you, brother and sister Ruck. So good to see y'all. Amen. We uh, They just had the funeral for brother Ruck's mother just this past week. And uh, that's never easy. Amen. But we're so glad to see them back. They, not that they missed church. I mean, they were in church last Sunday and we prayed for them. So, but hey, it just takes a while. Maybe never get past that. Great to see all of you here in the house of the Lord. There's, it's holiday season and people are busy and so are we. Praise God. I'm going to just go right into the scripture. Don't know how this is going to end up, but like I said earlier, I just hope it's beneficial, helpful, uh, will give you strength, guidance. Uh, I think all that's available. I think the power of God is available to any and all of us, every one of us. Amen. And, and what we need here, every one of us, we need a powerful witness for this world. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for heroes. Their hero will be somebody. Amen. But their spiritual guide and hero could be us, could be you. Amen. But this is the day that we take our, we receive communion from the Lord. I may, again, I've already told you it probably wouldn't be a, a, a typical message. I use some scriptures, same scriptures, but I might just go off track a little bit. Uh, to, but the whole purpose is to help us. Um, let me read the scripture and then we'll just go from there. 1 Corinthians 11th chapter. Uh, we can go in the Gospels and we can get where Jesus did the communion and did the supper and the and the uh, broke the bread and the wine, and uh, but I like Paul's part here, the how he wrote it in First Corinthians eleven, verses twenty three and twenty four. Paul said, "For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread." Verse twenty four, and when he had given thanks, he brake it. And said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. Look around at somebody and smile at them. Tell them it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Good word. Good positive word. Hallelujah. It's going to be just fine with God's help. You may be seated. God bless you. This is the part where I'm going to get off track just to begin with right here, right now. And again, I wouldn't put anybody on the spot. I would never, ever try to embarrass anybody. Uh, you know, you can receive the communion or not. It really doesn't make any difference to me, all right? Uh, but, but let me help somebody here just a little bit. Uh, there's, always been a, there's always been this difference between whether you take, I always mention this, but I'm going to go a little deeper today, is whether you take wine or grape juice for communion. Let me tell you how I do this. I've always done this way. All right? The, the trick of the enemy, number one, is to divide us. Did you know that? Separate us. And I can be, he will, he will cause just as much damage if I get super spiritual. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to be super spiritual. No, no. If it divides, it's still not good and God's not pleased with it. All right? Just as bad, almost, as if I would just be super liberal and just believe anything and everything goes. 
all right? God allowed Moses, who was the pastor, the leader of the Israelites, listen to me closely, this is principle stuff, all right? This is to help us with the arguments and with the disagreements throughout every church, all right? Moses, when the, when the voice and the fire broke out and the law was given on Mount Sinai, the people were not allowed to go up the mountain. They could just get so close, just could get to us. They didn't want to get too close because they were frightened. But God did not set the boundaries. Read it for yourself. Amen. God said, Moses, you set the boundaries. What's he talking about? I'm talking about principle. Moses, you're the pastor. You set the lines here. You set the standard. You make the decision. Let me tell you, let me let me tell you where I'm getting to right now. I'm not looking for authority. I'm not looking for power. I'm not looking for a leverage on you. I don't want any yes men around. Anybody that does, you're, you're welcome to disagree. That's fine. But I'm just trying to help somebody right here. If I went to a church right now and I put up a beautiful Christmas tree, well, it was, it was pretty ugly this year for some reason. I paid for it and somebody else put it up. But I, it looked good from a distance. I had a Christmas tree, all right? If I went to a church and I, ha- I was under a pastor that didn't believe in Christmas trees, you know what I'd do? I wouldn't put up a Christmas tree. That's on him, not me. It's not whether you're baptized in Jesus. It's not the plan of salvation. These are just, other, these are fringe things, not to discount their value, but, but these things are, you can work around and through these things. But the enemy, again, wants to separate and wants to, I'm trying to help you get in the body of Christ 1,000%. That's how you get, and that's where you get your blessings. That's where your authority and your power comes from. Not coming into God's church and picking and choosing what you, what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Told somebody the other day, I went to general conference, and I'm a wine man. I'm like, you know, here's the truth of the matter. Here's the truth. That I've heard arguments, good arguments on both sides of whether you take wine or grape. I'm, I'm talking about convincing either, on both sides. But you know the truth of the matter? The Bible doesn't say what was in the cup. God did that probably just intentionally on purpose. Oh, we got it, we got it, yeah, right. And then you get on the other side and you find that, you know, you find that they, Paul got on to him for getting drunk at communion time must have been something with in it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, grape juice. If they was getting tipsy, having a party. I don't know, all right? We just came up this way, but I was in a general conference, and they do, they do grape juice lines and, and wine lines. And so my friends, some of my friends pick at me because they take grape juice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, give me something worth something. Give me something that I can taste. And so we joke with each other about it. And so somehow or other, with all the crowds of people, and I got in the line with the grape. They said, man, you went in the wrong line. I said, I, they said, you want to go and get in? I said, man, no, I'm staying right here in this line. What are you talking about? I am not making an issue out of this. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to, and my, my daughter-in-law, she hates the taste of this stuff. Brought up in a little church. But you know what? She just makes a face and complains about it and, Takes the wine. That's why God's got his hand on you, and that's why God spoke to me and said, there's your daughter-in-law. 
I'm telling somebody how to get a blessing. Listen, I will answer to God, not you. I will answer to God for you. Get one of those burdens, get another burden off of yourself. I'm just trying to help you here. And God will take care of you. Hallelujah. I could preach on a while about that. Amen. But I, you know, again, I've heard people on both sides of the, I mean, just really, 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 con- they, they thought they had it. And then here the other side, and like, oh, wow. And there's a reason for that. It's where I would just give up and surrender. Amen. I'll just, wherever I go to church, whatever they take, that's what I take. I remember having a joint uh, communion service with our neighbor. Remember, Brother Niece, he's gone now. And, and, and he had no idea he was a grape juice person. I appreciated how he handled this. You know, when he got there, we were praying, and he didn't realize we saw the wine bottle coming in. He says, man, I, man, I, we, we, we take grape juice. None of our people take wine. And I said, well, Brother Nisa, you want me to send somebody out and get a bottle of grape juice? And here's, here's what I really appreciate. And he learned, he knew something about what I'm talking about right now. He said, no, 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 we don't want to divide things up. He said, we'll just take what you, what you have. That's the key right there. That is the key. Oh, I'm, we used to have a woman here wouldn't let her kids go to Sunday school because God told her she was the one that's supposed to train her kids. Oh, really? But what about what? What about God speaking to me, saying, "Send your kids back there"? I picked at her. I said, "You know, we're not asking to take your kids out of state." or even across town, across the hallway. And, and not only that, you can go in there and sit in the class and just see how they teach. And if they teach something wrong or bad, just go raise your hand and say, no, no. But the whole deal, let me tell you what the devil tries to do. He's trying to separate us. Folks, listen, here's why we're doing this. We got things to accomplish this year. We, we got a church to build and we got money to raise and we got revival to have around here. I'm not being a part of separation and division. Why? Because God's not. God wants us to be together. Listen, they were building a tower at Babel and they were so far from God, but they had the principle right and God looked down and said, they're going to do this thing. A bunch of sinners, amen, who didn't know God and didn't want to know God, but God said, you know, they're going, they're going, here's why they're going to do it because they're together. We can do this thing if we recognize what the enemy's trying to do and the whole thing is to separate, put me over here. And I say it again, you can be super spiritual and still be out of the will of God. Hallelujah. In our scripture text, Jesus wanted to be remembered. Wanted to be remembered. But he did not ask to be remembered for us to remember a lot of important things that he did. Not that you don't do that, but he was categorizing. He was prioritizing things here. All of this stuff is good, his birth, but that's not what he said, don't remember. He didn't say remember my birth. He didn't ask to remember all those miracles that he did. Is that not important? No, that's important too. But that's not what he was talking about here. He didn't even ask to be remembered for all of his powerful preaching and teaching that he did while he was here on earth. But he simply said, remember my broken body and remember my blood. Whether it's grape juice 
I actually believe if you were in a place where there was no wine or grape juice, you could take a glass of water. Because it really doesn't become the blood and body. You know, some religions actually believe that when, you know, when the priest touches it and it, be, it be, actually becomes the body. It does not. It, it's, it's symbolic of that. And so a sip of water, amen, it will do just as good. It's just my belief. Hallelujah. But God didn't ever want us to forget that he suffered for us, that he died for us, that he gave it all up for you, and he gave it all up for me. That's what he wanted. And I'm going to tell you, if I've got issues, if I've got things going on in my life, which I do, and if you live in this world, you do and you will, I get to thinking about this, all that other stuff fades and vanishes away. I'm, I, I'm still trying to help somebody. Sure, we've got things and situations. You get, to, you get your mind on the things of God, on the suffering of God. You get at the foot of the cross and look it all over again. See the blood and the stripes and the unrecognizable Savior that came from heaven to earth, amen, to be the Lamb of God for us. Amen. All that other stuff pales. That's what we're talking about here. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but the cross was not an afterthought, and we use this quite a bit. It, you know, uh, you know it, it was not some emergency plan. It, it, I believe it was the precise plan of God. Revelation 13 and 8 said he was slain from the foundation of the world. And we know that that wasn't true, literally, because he, you know, the world was created, and then he came. No, no, no. But what it's talking about here is in the mind and the plan of Almighty God, he's already slain. Hallelujah. I'm happy to report to you that God was not caught off guard. Man's transgression in the Garden of Eden didn't just mess him up and throw him off. That's not what happened here. Amen. There was a lamb in the mind of God before anyone ever committed a sin. Before anybody did wrong, he had this thing all set up. Amen. And when God was faced with the problem of saving the world from sin, hallelujah, amen, the cross was the answer to that problem. <laughs> hallelujah, amen. On the cross, he expressed his intolerance for sin while at the same time revealing his love for the sinner. Amen. All that was needed, all that was needed was a lamb. And by law, if you'll read the old Mosaic law, you'll find by law they had to go out. They couldn't just pick any lamb. They couldn't just go get a crippled lamb. They couldn't get one with a sore on it or a disease. They couldn't do that. They had to search and find a spotless, healthy lamb. Hallelujah. But I love to bring this out. It's not a deep lesson, but it's a couple of good thoughts in here because maybe it's my upbringing that we looked at everybody and we sized everybody up, Brother Jerry, and decided who's supposed to take communion and who wasn't supposed to take communion. We had people in our church who would not take communion because they were not worthy to take communion. So we went through all of that, and so we prayed hard, and we fasted long, and we, and we uh, you know, got scared, and... And, and prayed through again, and, and, and some people like we never could get. Well, well, the truth is you will never be worthy. You can't be good enough. You can't be holy enough. You can't give enough money. You can't pray enough long prayers 
to ever accomplish that. Amen. So the point I'd like to bring out is that during the Old Testament times, on the Day of Atonement, the priest, the high priest, would gather all the people at the tabernacle and he would transfer the sins of the people upon this lamb. And by the way, it was a spotless lamb. That's what it had to be by law. The high priest always, and this is my point that I like to bring out, and again, probably from my background of having to check everybody out and see if they pay in tithes and see if they dressed holy and see if they'd been baptized in Jesus' name and they didn't cuss and use tobacco and all of this stuff, okay? But th- this takes care of all that's right here, all right? The, the high priest always examined the lamb. That's the part that we need to get. Are you letting up on everything? Are you going loose and liberal? No. I'm not doing that. I'm just put, I'm just trying to look at this as we're supposed to look at. I'm not trying to. Uh, I certainly don't want to do take up a, a job that I, it's not supposed to be my job. All right, and not in my job description. I just want to do what the scripture said. But the priest examined the lamb. See what they were looking for was any blemish or anything wrong with this little lamb that all the sins were to be transferred to. He wasn't too concerned with the magnitude of the sins of the people. Now see, that's, I, I took that wrong for years because, Brother Ruck, that's what I did. I'm like, well, they're not worthy to do that. They hadn't been coming to church regular. They don't support the church. They cause problems in the church. We're always having to take care of them. We always lift, you know, they, just, they don't care their end of the... All of that was what I... I was looking at the wrong thing. The priest, and it's our type. If we're going to go by type, let's just go ahead and do it, all right? Let's do it right. Amen. The priest examined the lamb, and he looked for blemishes or sicknesses or, 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 or a crippled limb. That's what, the pre- that's what we should do. Hallelujah. But he wasn't concerned about all the sins. He wasn't concerned about all the people. who He knew that if the lamb was perfect... He knew that if the lamb was spotless, he knew that if the lamb was not sickly, no matter what the sin was, that perfect lamb, amen, could take care of it. It covered it. It handled it. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we need to do today in type at least. Amen. When we come to the altar, amen, I asked a while ago, you know, Raise your hand if you don't think you can pull it off. You don't think you can do it. Listen, the call of God is strong and it's powerful and it will motivate us to do things that we cannot do. I can't live that way. I can't dress like that. I can't worship like that. I can't preach like that. I just, I can't, oh, okay. You're the one God's looking for because he's the perfect one, not us. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad God gave me a revelation on that finally or an understanding. The truth has been there all the time, amen, but it's just revealed to us the lamb is the one that we inspect. The the lamb is the one, amen, that, that we look at closely. And guess what? He is a spotless lamb. Remember when John the Baptist saw him coming, amen, while he was baptizing, he said, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah, that's the one right there. Amen, because 
Jesus Christ at least was in type. In type, he was the he was that spotless lamb that they would go out and pick out of the flock, and the priest would examine that lamb, and if he was perfect, hallelujah, then he would take on the sins of the whole congregation. Hallelujah. Amen. One, one more point that I is so very needed here. Paul points out in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three concerning the Lord's Supper that the Lord Jesus, amen, the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. I, I did this last year and probably the year before last, but it's worth bringing out again. Amen. The same night that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it, take it, uh, and said, take it, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. We're about to do this in a little while, and so we need to understand this. Amen. The interesting point in verse 23 is how Paul put two very, very important things together here. The night he was betrayed, bad thing. I mean, ugly thing. Amen. And he put that with the night that he took bread. What Paul is doing here is he draws our attention to the greatest possible contrast of the night. God does that. Amen. So we can see it. It becomes much clearer to us. The night he was betrayed, he spread a table of forgiveness and cleansing. Listen, our human nature needs this. We need this understanding. Somebody did me wrong. Now we got to just be sad and be, no, no, no. Let's show the contrast. I forgive you, my brother, for being ignorant to me and being a heathen to me and, and, and doing things to me. <laughs> That's the contrast. Nobody says everybody's going to treat you good and stroke you right and pet you and always, listen, listen, if you live in this life, I've preached this for years and y'all know this. Listen, it won't be long and you will be disagreed with. We better learn how to live, amen, with folks who will not agree with you. I've already talked about it. We need to be together. But we won't be. There will be somebody that's going to be different. <laughs> There's somebody that's going to be more spiritual. We Listen, we've had people in this church that I'm preaching right along, Brother Rick. I'm just preaching, and I feel the anointing all of a sudden, and I know that I'm in, the, in that little vein. Now, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm just feeling around by faith. But I get in that little vein, and I'm just preaching along, and all of a sudden the Lord reveals to me, this person right over here, they are in total disagreement with you. They're smiling. They've got their hands up. They're just praising the Lord. Or sometimes they're just a little bit in a disagreement. I kind of like what you're doing and you're a good guy and you mean well, but I'm just a little little variance there. And the Bible talked about a spirit of variance that would come into the church and be in the church. That means I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pay my tithes and I'm gonna come to the front and worship and I'm gonna shout and I'm gonna smile, but I'm not in total agreement with you. And you know what? You couldn't pick, the enemy couldn't put you on a better person to be in disagreement with than your spiritual leader, your bishop, your pastors, your leaders in your church. But, but that's what people do when they get a little too spiritual. Ooh, I got my own convictions. I teach my own kids. You need to let go of some things and start trusting, amen, God's men and God's leaders in his house. 
I tell the story, I used to tell the story about they, they shot Martin Luther King. Some prejudice, somebody took a gun and shot the man. But they forgot he had a wife. It was a while you could see, what was it, Coretta Scott King? Her picture was everywhere. She was on TV everywhere. Oh, they killed Jesus too. And they said, we're going to take care of him. But guess what? Jesus had a wife. They forgot about the wife. Hallelujah. Go ahead and disagree. Go ahead and take care of that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm going to get with the church. I remember, I remember moving to, to Wisner, Louisiana. I, we, we took our first assistant pastor job, any kind of pastor job. My wife and I, she was working still, and I was working part-time most of the time. I drove buses. I cleaned toilets. I did most of the vacuuming in the church, every other thing. And I preached a radio station in the middle of the night, did all kind of things. But I remember it finally hit me, and I was moving in the Lord trying to follow the Lord, amen. And I remember coming and getting him by both hands. We had been there for, I don't know, been there a few months by that time. And I thought I was sold out. And I remember the Holy Ghost was so strong, Brother Green. I got Brother Nugent by the hands and we was, he was standing at the altar and I faced him. I said, Brother Nugent, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Whatever you lead me, that's where I'm. I think personally, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be a Jim Jones. I'm trying to be a Lord over God's heritage. Again, I, ha- I think, I'm hoping that I'm doing you a favor and leading you in the right direction. This is how you get the blessing. Now listen, you get under a dictator, you'd be in bad shape. But you're not under a dictator. I'm going to give you all the credit, all the slack. I'm the guy that takes up for you. I'm the guy that comes in here every day that rolls around when nobody's around and say, God, I'm the one that's talking to God about you. God bless them, bless that family, help them stand with them, bless their home, bless their witness, give them finances, bless their, I'm the guy that does that. I'd be the last guy that would use any kind of leverage on you. In fact, I'm, to be totally honest with you, this building program, Sister Melissa can tell you, she's working with me on this, leading this thing, amen. And so the money part, I'm like, I'm the guy that's supposed to put money in your pocket. I'm the guy that wants to buy the dinner and buy the lunch and help you and give. Listen, to get money out of you, just, just so you know, that's just bugging the daylights out of me. But I feel God leading me and telling me, say, you know, put the baskets out and let people give. And God says, I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to show you some more things. Amen. I'm going to show about blessings and windows being opened up and doors being opened up. So I'm just going to just follow the Lord. I'm the last person you don't want to follow. (laughs) And so I'm telling you how to get a blessing. It's not going to go to my head. I promise you. The devil's going to see to that. Hallelujah. But there's a contrast that Paul is drawing attention to right here that night. Hallelujah. He washed the disciples' feet in an act of humility. That same night, he was betrayed. Paul was like, watch this. Now, when's the last time you got your feelings hurt and then you went and washed somebody's feet? No, you won't like, hey, you know, somebody needs to take care of them. 
That's how we do it. That's how our flesh does it. I remember Dwayne Knapp. He didn't tell me, but I remember Brother Narspool. I helped preach his funeral here last year or the first part of this year. But I remember him telling me the story. It broke him up so much. He, both of them were really, really good friends of mine, have been for many years. Brother Poole told me, he said, Dwayne Knapp, call me. He said, Brother Poole, I'm coming up to see you and I'm coming up to wash your feet. This is just, no, they didn't have a special service. Just in the middle of the week, you know, just a, Brother Poole said, you know, Dwayne said, I talked about you. I said some things negative about you and I'm, my heart smote me. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way up. Brother Poole said, Brother, Brother Knapp, you don't have to, just I'll forgive you and you can, you know, you can let that go. And he said, no, 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 no. And so Brother Poole said he would not take no for an answer. And he said, I sat here and wept, and he wept, and he washed my feet. I didn't want him to. Listen, I'd rather wash feet than have somebody wash my feet, Brother Chad. Somebody to wash my feet? Now I can wash my own feet. <laughs> but that's the humility that Paul was talking about that contrasted other things horrible, ugly things that was going on. I'm telling us how to handle these things God's way. Hallelujah. Amen. It, it, it exposes us. We're pretty weak. No, no. Paul said when I'm weak is when I'm strong. We don't believe that though. We show it by our actions. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.30, he said that the church in Corinth did not discern the Lord's body. And he said because of that, he said many of them were weak and sick. I, I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't dare call anybody's name, the location, but the, some of the most spiritual people are people who claim to be the most spiritual. Depth, had depth about them. They were the weakest. They were so far from being spiritual but they had themselves convinced that they were. They weren't broken. They had it all together. Hallelujah. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying the, this cup is the New Testament in my body. I want to get down to something. I want to do this and we're going to come back to this, all right? But I'm going to give you these scriptures. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you, as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat and eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That means every one of us are about to be guilty of the blood and the body of the Lord. Why? Because we can't be worthy. We never will be. The only thing that's going to get us through this is just God's spirit and God's help. He makes us worthy. Hallelujah. Verse 28, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat. So he tells you, hey, it's serious business, but yet he said, you examine yourself. And when you do, you're going to see a couple things, hopefully, and you say, God, you're going to have to forgive me. You're going to have to help me with this. And then then you can take. He said, then you do it, all right? For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Nobody wants that. But the reason you do it, he said, you're not discerning the Lord's body. 
for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. I always bring this out every year when we do this. It's a catch-22. God puts us between a rock and a hard place. He tells us if we don't do this, we have no part with him. No part with the Lord. I won't. But he said if you eat and drink unworthily, then you eat and drink damnation to you. That, that, that's all intentional. What does it do? I, I can't not do it according to the scripture or I don't have a part with God. But if I do it, I know me. I know that I'm not. Now, you have a few people, like we said, they think they're just way out in the clouds. They're more spiritual. But most of us realize, like, you know what, i got a ways to go. I just, And so I, I'm just not worthy. This is when we begin to depend on God. We depend on his grace. We depend on him to help us. That's when you really do become spiritual. Not when you know how to quote a lot of scriptures. That's all good too. Not when you know how to pray long and shout high. Okay? It's just when you get humble. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Amen. And God will take care of the rest. This is what I said I'm going to go to. My wife got this off the internet somewhere and I said, please print that out for me. And I'm just throwing it out. It's, just a, it's a lesson we could probably teach a long time. Uh, but there is a, there's, a, there's three kinds of negativity. All right, this is a little, create a little balance here, okay? Amen. Uh, she got this off of uh, like truththeory.com. And he says, keep your mind open. This, this is written by a psychology professor, you know, and he believes that there are three different types of complainers built on this negativity thought here. Don't want to be too negative, but I want to point out a couple things. He's got, he says, he's, I'll just name him, he's got venters. He's got sympathy seekers, and he's got chronic chronic complainers. Watch this, venters, and it just caught my attention. It, it might help some of us when we start, I am, I can complain. I, I know how to do that. This, a, a venter, a venter is a dissatisfied person who is not interested in hearing any solutions to help them. You can have all the word you want, pray all you want, they are not interested in that. They like, they want to vent. They're in a habit. Now, we're going to vent, but I hope we get under conviction and we pray through it, and then we can move on. But there are people, habitual people who just want to just give their side of the story no matter what. Then you have sympathy seekers, and I'm just reading it right out of what he's got. They believe that they've got it worse than everyone else and look for others to comfort them. I, 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 rem I was talking to Sister Debbie, and I remember... Remember a guy that was coming here, and of course she does. She's our family counselor, and so she sets up appointments. Well, this guy he was setting up appointments on in the, like you know next month, and on he he was here like he would be here every day if you let him. What did that tell you? Well, it told me this: he didn't plan on getting better. Why? He didn't want to get better. And not only that, when he got to the counseling session, she got three words in, and then he began to talk, and it was all about him. He didn't want to be healed. He didn't want to get better. I, said, I told her, I said, tell him to go, go to AA because they get to stand up and talk. Hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a recovering. I get to talk if that's what he wants to do. But if he wants to come here, he can come to the altar and get healed and take counseling and get some direction and, and get healed in that direction, all right? Amen. But, but these chronic complainers, you know, they just... You know, they're not looking for healing. They just, they just, they just want to do it. Whenever we complain, 
uh, let's see, they have sympathy seek. Oh, here's the chronicle. These people live in a constant state of complaint, complaining about the same thing over and over. It's become a way of life. And, and, when it, and here's what the guy comes down to. This is my point. Whenever we complain, thousands of, now he's a psychiatrist now, thousands of neurons are triggered and they form a neural network, or the way I put it, it's like a, it's like a circuit uh, in, a, in the electrical system, or it's like a railroad track, amen. And the more that thing runs that circuit, the more it's apt to jump on that same circuit. Whenever we complain, thousands of neurons are triggered from the neural network. The mind then finds it easier to follow this established network when reacting to everyday life. It's important to catch... Uh, ourselves when we complain, but making sure we don't berate ourselves. Try to be great because you know you want a you want a, a solution to this. He says try to or, or she says try to be grateful. It doesn't matter what you're grateful for. He said it can be anything. All right, just it's just training. It just helps. All right, and, and start to live a happier life. There's some adjustments. You know what? I thought, is there any Bible for that? And immediately my mind went to Philippians at, uh, 4 and 8. Remember what Paul said? Finally, brethren, amen, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Yeah, the Bible tells us what to think and how to think. Amen. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. When a person complains and murmurs, you can always be certain that this individual does not have their thoughts on pure and lovely and virtuous things. Amen. Nor are they giving proper praise to God. Why? Because one cannot praise God and complain about a brother or a sister at the same time. You cannot. It's impossible. You cannot think about the love of God and his mercy and murmur at the same time. This is good teaching. This is why Paul said, amen, you think of anything virtuous, you think of anything wonderful and lovely and good, that's what you think on. And I'm sure that there's never, never been a time that any of us and all of us couldn't come up with something that's good and something that's positive and something that's, he said, that's what you think on right there because anybody can go off on what's ugly and what's not good. Let's all stand together. I'm going to go to our, I need some help up here. Hallelujah. And we're going to just go right in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm feeling the presence of the Lord here today. I feel like we're going to make a, a milestone. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Back on our scripture text. Uh, I'm not sure if we have the music that we normally play for that. You know, when we start this. I think that we're going to form a line like we do in the center and they will serve you and come down. And why don't we hold uh, the wine and hold the bread and we'll all, once we get back to our seat and then our elders will get theirs and then we'll all take this at the same time. But I want to pray, I want to meditate and I want to pray and I want us to discern and understand the blood and the body 
of Jesus Christ. Because he said, for this reason, people not discerning that, amen, he said, this reason is the people are weak and sick. Uh, listen, I want a revival spirit in this house. I want to break out holy. And, and this is what happens when you start thinking about the right things and thinking about those things properly and right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And by the way, I, I don't know if I brought that out clear or enough or not. This is fermented wine. It's not enough to hurt you. Amen. Somebody said, somebody said, well, you know, if we take a sip of wine, I go right back, right back to being an alcoholic again. I said, you know what? That's like a glutton. Amen. Can't eat food because I'll go back to eating overeating. You know, no, 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 no. We just, it, listen, we've got more Holy Ghost than that, all right? And God's in the house. Just threw that out. Hallelujah. And anybody, if you honestly want to talk about it, we could talk about it at some point. If you don't take it, that's fine. That's fine with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I'm expecting something good, something extraordinary. Hallelujah to take place. And it's got its roots in the seed right here in this service today. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. The ladies are getting ready. Praise God. Thank you all for helping. And I want to say this too. Uh, speaking of thinking on good things, we have such a really, really good leadership team in this church. Amen. Our elders that sit with us and stay with us and advise us. And, amen. The Greens, the Thompsons. We've got others coming along. Amen. Uh, our Sunday school, we have like we have the best potential. Our youth leader. Amen. I just just good good things, good people in place that uh, are here to serve you and to help you and bless your children and your youth. And so I want you to be grateful. I'm thinking on good things right now. Hallelujah. And I will say this to you. Again, I'm being an echo here. I understand. I'm maybe a little redundant here. But if you're looking for everything to be well and good for you, I've said it before. But please, 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 let's grow up. There's going to be problems and situations. Don't let that get to you. All right? Everybody has that that lives in this world. And so, so stop being unrealistic here. Like it all supposed to be good and everybody's supposed to cater to me. They don't cater to me or anybody else that I know. So let's grow up and let's be Christians, soldiers. Amen. Do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe we can do it. And I believe we will do it with your help and with God's help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we will begin to form the line, I'm not going to tell you how to do this. Come. Parents, you be the... You be the judge as to whether your children take this or not. Uh, you, you're the one that teaches them the seriousness of this. If they just play in and they want to come up and get a sip of wine, tell them no. All right? Just, it don't, won't hurt them. They're not going to be lost over that. Amen. But you be the judge. What you're doing is you're teaching them how to respect God, respect the house of God, and what goes on in God's house. It's not a playhouse. It's not a playground. Parents, you teach that to your children. You make that decision. Amen. So now, amen, if you'll form the lines out here, just come right on. Come up the middle aisle. Up the middle aisle. Amen. You know what? Nobody's moving real fast. If our elders will come first, 
elders right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Take the lead. Two lines, yeah, there's enough two lines here. Remember to hold it. Remember to hold it. Amen. Don't forget to wait. We're all going to take it together. Amen. Go back to your seats or wherever you go. Do this in remembrance. Do this in remembrance. In remembrance. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Of you. I got mine already. I got mine. Y'all get yours. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Before we take this, amen, I would like for us one more time, amen, to begin to try our best to discern the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. We remember his suffering. We remember his brokenness. Hallelujah. Amen. We remember what he said, what he preached, and what he taught, and remembered his actions. Remember, he washed the disciples' feet. That was the night that he was betrayed. He set the table of forgiveness. Is anybody, is anybody willing to forgive those who have trespassed against you and said things? Are, are we ready? We talked about it earlier. Can can we let that go? Could we like turn that loose? Amen. And I'm praying, Amen. One more time, as we meditate and as we as we listen to the voice of God, Amen, Amen. That all division, 
all separation, amen, would be driven out and away, amen, from what God is doing in this spot right here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus' name. Let's pray one more time, God, amen. I'm praying a repentant prayer. I'm asking you to forgive us of our humanity, our carnality, our human ways, our human reasoning, the part that's so different and unlike you, Lord. Amen. God, please help us, amen, to have some sort of victory, amen, and some kind of a handle, Lord, on this carnal flesh that rules us, amen, and dictates to us our feelings and what we do. And God, we come against that right now. And again, any division, any separation, hallelujah, Amen. You said on the day of Pentecost they were in one mind and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Amen. We know, God, that it was the unity and it was the agreement that brought the outpouring of the Spirit for the very first time. And God, we know that's what will bring it again and again and again. In Jesus' name. God, we see your brokenness. We see your humbleness. We see your goodness and your mercy in spite of of all the pain and all the suffering that you went through. Help us again, God, in Jesus' name, and forgive us of our sins and forgive us of our trespasses. I'm praying for all of us today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. One more time, let's give him thanks before we do it in any way we can. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're unable to do it. God, we can't do it. We can't accomplish it, Lord. Amen. We have to have your spirit. Amen. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your hand being upon us. Thank you for the promise of never forsaking us, never leaving us. In Jesus' name, by faith, God, we just simply trust you. Amen. And we believe you, Lord. Amen. And somebody said, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. And I'm going to read this last verse, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Let's do this together. Amen. The bread, amen, represents the broken body. Notice it's not cut. Amen. It's the broken body of the Lord. Amen. Let's take it together. Thank you, Jesus. The wine represents the blood that was spilled on the cross for our sins. Let's do it together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We remember you, Lord. We remember your brokenness. We remember your blood. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. We ought to give thanks to him. We ought to give thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. Thank you for your long-suffering. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for forgiveness, hallelujah. Glory, Jesus, glory, Jesus, glory, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel like I've preached more about unity today than anything else. I'm going to fight against it. I mean, not literally, but I'm going to be preaching against it. I'm going to be talking about it because there's no price tag, no value, amen, that we could come up with that would be worth more than unity, agreement. The Bible said where two or three agree, Touching anything, God said, I would do it. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, there I'll be in the midst. That's an agreement. That's agreement. Go through the Bible, you'll find agreement. The enemy, the enemy does not want us to agree. He wants there to be just a little bit of, just a little bit of disagreement. I ain't doing it. I'm going to agree. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what's the way you do that is you just make that decision. Just make that. I'm going to be with you no matter what. Sister Carol, I'm going to stand up for you and fight for you. Nobody better not say negative things about Sister Carol. Why? Because I'm going to be in their face. That's agreement. I'm agreeing. I make a decision. Hey, hey, hey. There's some things you can't just let slide. There's some things you can't just leave. Oh, we just let that take. We'll cross that bridge. No, no, no. I'm going to cross that bridge right now. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stand for you and fight for you. Let the devil come in. I'll fight him too. I think that's what I said. I think that's not, not just a preacher, bishop. No, no, I think that's what a Christian's supposed to do. That's what Christians do. Hallelujah. You weep with those that weep, and then you rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen. Why? Because we're together in this thing, and the enemy is not going to give up. I'm just telling you the truth. The enemy's not going to give up. He's going to come in. He's going to try this. The whole deal, if you can see this, he's trying to separate you. Somebody told the story. You know, and once in a while I do it. I kind of get sick in my stomach when I do it. Sometimes I've been out of the country so long, country, country. But once in a while I go on YouTube and I watch some of those water buffalo. And they're like mean, they're like mean dudes. You know, you don't want to mess with them. One of those African water buffalo, you don't want to mess with them. But you know what? As tough and as mean as they are, even the lions 
and all the big cats. It's two or three of those things together. They don't have a chance. But you know what? You know what the lion does? He waits till one gets all by himself. No matter how tough he is. He gets out there all by himself. You'll see it. They'll have, a, they'll have somebody videoing a lion pulling one of those big, and then another lion will jump on and another lion, and they will pull that down and eat him alive. And we think that we're tough and spiritual. No, 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 no. You get out there all by yourself for all you loners and all you independent folks, what God told me to do. I don't care what God told you. You get in the church, get close to the church. Oh, you're not paying, oh, I'm glad God's speaking to you. But, but God's speaking to you something different from what he's speaking to me. That's where we got a problem. Let's get with the church. Let's get with the program. Hallelujah. Let's just get in line and march. Amen for Jesus. And you're the one that's going to benefit from this and be blessed from this. That's the key. Hallelujah. Put your hands together one more time. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, y'all, put your hands together before we get out of here. We need to give him praise. You, Lord, nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord, and that's the truth. Nobody but you, nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you, Lord, nobody but you. Come on, sing it with us. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Shake hands, be friendly. God bless you. Happy New Year. You're dismissed. Amen. You. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Oh, happy birthday. When I was in trouble, you came to my rescue. Nobody but you, Lord. Nobody but you. Everybody look right up here just a moment. Everybody just one moment. I know you've been dismissed, but look right up here on the very front row. Brother Green just had a birthday. (laughs) He's older than I am. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near. Every day of the year, a happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, and the best year you've ever had. God bless you, Brother Green.